Considering the first year I was here, we had an earthquake or tornado, floods, snowfall in record number, and people kept saying to me, but Reverend Lori, that's not our usual weather. And I kept asking, well, what is your usual weather? And they said, just wait, it will change. Which means there isn't a usual weather for Pennsylvania, and you never know what you're going to get. But it won't stay the same very long. I mean, Darlene and I were getting the house ready this past week, thinking we're getting the cooler weather, and we're sitting there watching television, and all of a sudden she pipes up, oh my goodness, after all we did today, it's going to be 90 degrees on Sunday. I said, okay, bring the fans back out, because <laughs> we're probably going to need them. But it probably won't last very long, because sometimes change doesn't last very long. But no matter what, there will be change. And in our lives, probably change is the one constant that we all have. No matter what we do, something will change. There was a study done involving several thousand men and women over a long period of time. The researchers were trying to figure out what causes or what factors lead to someone having a long lifespan. You know, some of the researchers came with the idea, oh, my hypothesis is that they have healthy eating. Some said, no, 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 it has to do with what they're drinking, drinking healthily. And some said, no, 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 it's not what they eat, it's the physical activity they have. So here they do this study watching and, and, and analyzing the lives of all these people that have made it to a vast age, older than me, vast age. And what they realized, it wasn't what they ate, it wasn't what they drank, it wasn't their physical activity. It was their ability to adapt to changes in their lives. How did they adapt when they lost a spouse? How did they adapt when they lost a child or lost a job? Or they had to change their living arrangements? I know it was very difficult for our family to get Darlene's mother to move up to Pennsylvania and to move out of the family home and to, to move into this very nice assisted semi-natural living arrangements. And we didn't think we were ever going to get there. And about a year after she got there, she turned to us and said, boy, I wish I had done this a long time ago. Because she adapted really well to being in a new state and in a new environment. The woman's now 93 years old and going strong physically. She adapted to that change. And we can all count on the fact that somewhere in our lives, something will change. Whether it's a physical change, a marital change, a vocational change, a spiritual change, there will be a change. And we can see in our scriptures today that speak about change, that they're going to happen. According to Ezekiel, God will change our hearts and put a new spirit within us. Paul tells us that there'll be a new creation 
everything old will pass away. That's one big, mighty change. Think about the things in your life that have been big changes for you. I think back to January of 1985. This is when Darlene and I decided, let's start a relationship. Let's live together. If 35 years come January, big changes in our life. I remember 15 years ago, the last Sunday of August, so this would have been 15 years last month, where I stood in front of my home church and they laid hands upon me as I was ordained. My life has never ever been the same from that moment. God had big changes in store for me. Who would ever think I'd live in Pennsylvania? I was a warm weather girl with occasional trips to the mountains. Never thought I'd be in visual sight of those mountains living every day. And then there was that time. I was probably about 22 years old. And I realized in my life what it meant to have Christ in my life. (coughs) Not as this Christ that you might have colored in your Sunday school class, but the Christ who gave his life for me. I understood what that meant. Couldn't do it. But I understood what it meant for someone to love me so much that they were willing to die for me. That changes your life. That changes your perspective. It causes you to want to live differently. It's that day in which, as Ezekiel tells us, a new heart I will give you, a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove from your body the heart of stone. And I will tell you, just as a child who was little and having to take the time to grow, God's still working on me. Yes, I know I have my tone. But God is still working on softening that heart so that the words that come out of my mouth are as soft as the heart that God has put within me. God promises these radical changes in our lives when we become a child of God. When we give ourselves to God and say, become the Lord of my life. Forgive me of those things that I've done in my life. You can expect radical changes. Now, some of you might be saying, but Reverend Laurie, I've been going to church since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. I've always been in church. You know, I didn't go through one of those periods of drinking or drugging or, or, or uh, <clears throat> being loose with my body. <coughs> but God has still changed your heart. Because God has given you new priorities. God has helped you to adapt to the things that God has called you 
to do in your life. Old things have passed away, and all things are new. The change process might not always be pleasant. We are people who do not like to change. We get comfortable. We like where we're at. We like our stuff just where it is. Now, I can only imagine what Lori and Maggie are going through to downsize everything to fit into a toy hauler that also has to have a place for the trike in the back, which means there's not a lot of room. Lori's big problem right now is trying to figure out what clothes to take and what to leave behind because she's got a lot of clothes, but she can't take them off. So she's got to adapt to a new living arrangement that says, pare down. So there's room in here for you too. We also change within us. You know, our tagline, if you can see it from, some of you might have a little trouble from your angle to see, the tagline for MCC, transforming ourselves as we transform the world. It's not transform the world first. It's transforming ourselves. It's us adapting to having Christ in our lives and hearing the things that God is telling us we need to be doing. Transforming ourselves to become that new creature that Paul speaks about. And much of the change is an inward change. Many of us aren't going to see it. Now, okay, when I finally get my knee operated on, you're all going to see a difference in the leg and the difference in the walking, but what you're not seeing is the struggles that go on inside as I have God working within me to continue to have a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone, to continue to refine and adapt my way of thinking so that I'm thinking Christ first and not world first. When I come to think about how I can produce fruit in this world for God and not produce fruit for myself. It's a new way of thinking. We are a me-first world. So as we give our lives to God and we ask God, God, come in and change me and make me your child, realize that God is going to change your thinking. God's going to change your heart. God's going to change your priorities. And it's not going to be an easy thing to do. Old things will pass away. You're going to realize at some point, you know, I really don't need that thing in my life. I don't have to go to X, Y, Z. They're just not important anymore to me. Because what's important to me now is doing the things that God is calling to me to do. And again, reminder, this is not going to happen quickly. Yes. There are some things that you might drop rather quickly. If you were an alcoholic and you decided you're going to go to AA, the first thing you might drop is going to a bar. That would be a sensible thing to do. 
So what is there in your life that you need to stop doing because it's keeping you fully from giving yourself to God? That might need to be dropped quickly. And then there are things that will take time. Being a Christian is not an overnight experience. It's not a weekend camping trip. It's a lifetime journey. The change that comes along with it accompanies that lifetime journey. There was a time in my life that my usual means of dealing with anger was to punch a wall. I've been known to leave walls, holes in walls. I've been known to have to go back and fix those walls. Especially when there was something I was so angry about and I couldn't control it. My mother was beside herself the day she saw me as my father was laying in the hospital and he was dying. And I knew he was dying because I saw the doctor go in and do some tests to see if there was any brain movement anymore. You know, they did the whole thing of rubbing on the chest bone and doing all these tests to see if they get any response. She couldn't see the doctor, but I could. And I could see as he was there that he was getting no response. While my father's body was there, his brain was already gone. And I walked away in tears and punched the wall in the hospital ER. And she just saw the pain within me with that punch. And God has been teaching me for years how to deal with anger in a more productive manner so that I'm not killing my own hand, to let go of the things that I can't control. There are things that I just have no control over. Amen? Amen. And probably if I went to each one of you, you'd be able to say to me, there's this thing in my life that I just can't control. Give it up to God. Let God do the change within you to make it manageable. Adapt to what you can't control. There are things like our attitudes. Man, don't you wish our attitudes were as easy to adjust as it was to like not go someplace anymore? Okay, I'm not going to go to that store because every time I go to that store, I spend hundreds of dollars in there. So I'm just not going to walk in that store anymore. And that's a decision that's kind of easy to make. But when you have an attitude, when you have an attitude, (laughs) you get me? Those are harder to get rid of. Those are harder to deal with on our own in a split decision. That's going to be one that says, God, take this attitude that I have and change me. Because many times when we have these attitudes, we think it's someone else. And so our prayer is usually, Lord, will you please change XYZ person so it's easier for me to get along with them? And if you listen real closely, God's going to be saying to you, it's not XYZ, it's you. It's your attitude that needs to be changed. So we pray to God to change those attitudes within us so that others can see the Christ within us. And remember that this change 
that God is bringing to us, that God promises to us a new heart, a new spirit, being a new creation, all that old stuff going away, it takes time. And that's okay. Hear me again. That's okay that it takes time. We're humans. We don't often learn quickly because our stubbornness gets in the way. We think we're just fine the way we are. But when we truly accept that God's got a promise of newness for each and every one of us, if we only just let go and let God recreate within us, it's not a bad thing. Change is not necessarily a bad thing. Some changes is good. A good example is getting rid of our pea green paint on the outside of this building and change it to that very nice camel beige that we have out there. That change was a good thing. So not all change is bad, but change will be hard. But when it comes to Christ and being in Christ, change comes with growth. We talked last week about growing in our spirits, of growing spiritually, of feeding ourselves what is presented before us through the word of God. Change goes along with that. I haven't noticed anybody, including our youngest child, sitting in the service with a baby bottle. Now, if you have it hidden, keep that to yourself. (laughs) But none of us are drinking milk constantly for all our meals anymore. Except for those vegans and vegetarians of you, well, most of us like a nice steak, a good hamburger, some good sushi. Okay, maybe not everybody wants to say yes to the sushi. Maybe that's just me. But we're chewing on the meat of our lives. Chew on the meat of salvation in the word of God. Today is a new day for you. You have your own challenges for today. Amen, Deb? Challenges today? Pray that God will help you to adapt and overcome your challenges today. Not tomorrow's challenges, because they're not here yet. There's no point trying to deal with tomorrow's challenges, because you don't know what they are yet. So change the look from worrying about tomorrow to dealing with today. And say, God, make me adaptable for today's challenges. As you're creating a new spirit within me, May I have a spirit to deal with the challenges and changes that are before me. And then when you wake up tomorrow morning, guess what? You got a whole new day. The challenges for yesterday's are yesterday's. You got new challenges today. Each morning as you wake up, there might be new things. But each day, 
we can be saying to God, God, you promised me a new heart. God, you promised me a new spirit. God, you promised that old things would pass away. I claim that promise for today's challenge. I'm not going to deal with the challenges today the way I did yesterday because you promised me, you promised me that old things would pass away. Claim that promise in your life. Now, sometimes we have to look at our changes. And how do we look at those changes? Because I promised you last week when we started this series on looking at the promises of God to give you some how-tos, not just a bunch of, this is what you need to do. So here's a how-to for you to use when you're dealing with change in your life. Number one, look at that change. And this is something you do by yourself. This isn't a group conversation over lunch. This might just be you and God in some quiet time someplace. God, how will this change impact my life? And how does it impact my life as your child? See, not as a person of the world, but how will this change impact me as a child of God? Because that makes all the difference on what perspective you're coming to that question with. Are you trying to answer the, the question by the way the world looks at it or the way God looks at it? And that makes a difference. So when you do this mental exercise, how will this change impact my life as a child of God? Two, look at your life. What changes does God want me to make in my life? Are you still living with some habits that are not spiritually healthy? Are you still going places that aren't spiritually uplifting? Are you still hanging around folks that are bringing you away from God instead of bringing you to God? Look at your life and see what changes God is calling you to make. And then thank God. That sounds like really weird. I'm going to thank God for all these changes and challenges? Exactly. Because God is helping you to grow as new creatures. In Christ. So yes, thank God for those challenges, because you're overcoming them. You're being successful in walking day to day with God. So why it seems like a hard thing to say, thanks for that hard time in my life, God. But it might be thanks for that hard time, but also for seeing me through it, for helping me to adapt to it, to help me to grow through it, so that I'm stronger the next time the same type of challenge comes along. Not the same challenge, because you've dealt with it, but the same type of challenge. Ask God in prayer and give God thanks. Change will happen when we give our lives to God, because God is going to fulfill God's promises of a new heart, a new spirit, 
and to be a new creation in Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us rise as we are able and join together in our hymn of response.